There is an organization that claims that when you're with them, you're with them for life. And it's a nice marketing ploy that when you're with somebody, you're with somebody for life, but usually that's not the way life works out. I can tell you this, that whether some of the people that we have worked with in the past remain in this ring with us tonight, or whether they're not with us here in ECW anymore, when you are part of the family that gets together every three weeks in the ECW arena, you are with us, I assure you, for life. Tonight, with people who are here from all over the place and with the people that have stayed with us here in this city for the past five years, we'd like to dedicate this show to somebody who in our mind will be ECW forever. We'd like to dedicate this show to our friend, Louis Spicoli. Hello and welcome to Volume 3 of February 1998's Wrestling 20 Years Ago podcast. And I'm here with Billy Johnson to talk all things ECW and Cyberslam 1998. How are we, Billy? Uh, good evening, Chris. Yeah, not too bad. Just getting over the man flu, but uh, f- fully recovered and ready to talk ECW. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. So, this month there are three volumes for you. Uh, volume 1 is WCW Super Brawl. Volume 2 is WWF's In Your House, No Way Out of Texas. And obviously, we're here with Volume 3. As always, you can follow the show on Wrestling20YRS.com, at Wrestling20YRS on Twitter. Search Wrestling20 Years Ago on Facebook and on iTunes. And obviously, it's pay weekend, so maybe you want to pop a fiver in the pot for Bob. At Patreon at patreon.com forward slash wrestling 20YRS. So, shall we get into the news? I think we should. Okay, so RIP Louis Spicoli. So, Louis Spicoli has passed away this month. Um, more of this will be in the WCW portion of the show this month. But we obviously hear on the ECW show, are very, very sad to hear the passing of Louis Piccoli. The triple threat ride again. So, during the main event of the first week's TV, we had a two-on-three tag match where Bam Bam and Taz were going against Candido, Douglas and Lance Storm in front of a packed house at the ECW arena. There maybe was about three, four minutes of wrestling before Bigelow turned on Taz, laying him out with the ECW TV title belt. About a minute later, Candido then turned on his own tag team partner, Chris Candido, and hit him with the tag belts. This had been promised on TV earlier all the week that all three members of the triple threat would raise their their finger gesture on TV. Everyone was expecting it to be Lance Storm as the third member and finally getting out of, you know, the apprentice shoes. But it was in fact Bam Bam who a few months later 
ago at the pay-per-view in November turned his back on Shane after siding with Rick Rude. Japanese tools in the works. So Heyman is trying to put together a deal to with the FMW company in Japan, who we did see at the back end of last year, um, with six people looking likely to be going over, that being Shane Douglas, Francine, Taz, Dreamer, Buell McGillicuddy and RVD, going out in late April. Again, Heyman wants to get Dreamer to defend the title on the FMW show so he can use the footage in the US on TV. Living dangerously takes shape. So, next month's pay-per-view is starting to get its shape and look as though we have a full card. We're going to have Taz versus Bam Bam Bigelow for the ECW TV title. Shane Douglas and Chris Candido going against Lance Storman, a mystery partner of his choice for the tag team titles. Tommy Dreamer and Justin Credible. Uh, Massimo Tanaka and Wing Kanemiara. And a three-way tag team dance between Axel and Balls, New Jack and Spike, and Bubba Ray and Devon. There is also a probability of RVD getting a singles match. Heyman has been attempting to get two Cold Scorpio, though Titan Sports, the owners of the WWF, have said that they have not finalised any deals so far. ACW local TV. So ECW has lost another TV TV channel, losing a local channel in Pittsburgh which is, as we have seen very much recently, is one of its best drawing markets. The channel in question was WPTT. The main item that the station got was a new general manager who specifically pointed out the language of the crowd and particularly the fuck New York chants at the last ECW arena shows as the reasons. But it's meant to also have some problems with violence level and the blood. Heyman has said that he was willing to do dub tape specials for Pittsburgh, which would take out any offensive chance. They'd be edited down. But the GM seems to be quite keen on not having wrestling on his channel. Heyman has said the company was very close to having the deal done with a rival station in Pittsburgh, which would then air the show on the same Saturday night 11 p.m. slot, which we could hope for have a deal be done in the next few weeks. Paging Dr. Sabu. So, as it turns out, Sabu is nothing short than a medical visionary. How, you ask? Well, doctors working in the Closure Medical Corporation testified before the FDA this past week approving Demabond, a modified version of Superglue, as a method to close wounds and use to instead of scar-prone stitches and staples. According to the testimony, it takes less time to apply than it takes to stitch up a wound and doesn't require repeat visits to remove stitches and doesn't hurt at all. Sabu, obviously, has been using superglue to close wounds for the past few years and he has been considered something of a laughingstock by the boys backstage, but clearly medical genius. Who would have thunk that Taz, or Sabu even, would be the person 
taking medicine forward in the 90s. So, we have three weeks worth of TV before our pay-per-view review. So, we'll start with week one, which was on the second of the month. The show opened up with the very interesting Bam Bam and Taz versus Triple Threat match. Lance and Bam Bam start. Bam Bam hits a massive backdrop, Lariat and Powerbomb. And a Beal into the corner. There's a tag, Shane and Taz come in and they do some chain wrestling. Taz hits a T-bone Tazplex. Candido then eats a stiff lariat. And Lance gets a head and arm Tazplex. Shane gets back in, only to be eaten a belly-to-belly Tazplex all the way to the outside. Taz grabs his belt, saying that it's only his belt that's the most important in ECW and shows it off against Shane. He puts it down only for Bam Bam to grab it and then level Taz with his own belt. He then beats down Taz and the triple threat all come in and join him. That is until Candido smashes Lance with the tag belt. He then pile drives Lance on top of the belt. Taz tries to make a fight back, but the numbers are too much. We then get a match between the Grand Hamada and Just Incredible. The Hamada takes early control with lots of slams and a top rope clothesline, dropkick, and Hurricane Rana all getting near two counts. A nasty tornado DDT gets a two count too, but he misses a Pescada outside hitting his knee onto the concrete. This means Jason goes, as he does quite often, into attack mode, attacking the injured knee and using a chair. Justin then puts on the great Sasuke's mask to hit That's Incredible for the win. We then get a triple threat promo where they say there's always a mark in every town. He called, they call the boys and the fans marks. Cult has a mark. And Shane says that he made the TV title and the world title. And Taz is just a second-rate mark. Chris then calls Lance and Mark and goes on a massive tirade about how he was trying to steal Sonny. So, the triple threat are back together and riding again. Who would have thunk it? Generally quite surprised there, to be perfectly honest. Because... <laughs> You know, we we were all there with, you know, thinking Lance was the prospect. He was finally going to, you know, be brought into the group because him and Candido together as a tag team was so, so good. Only for us to be completely swerved. Yeah, um, I didn't really necessarily have a problem with the swerve and sort of thinking about it like long term sort of made sense for them to do that, really, didn't it? Because... Uh, They've already done the Bam Bam Shane program, so where else do they really go with Bam Bam? They probably think he's as stronger as a hill going forward. So I I, I generally enjoyed the swerve. Um, felt a bit sad for Lance Storm because it made him look like a bit of a muppet, but he's still, you know, a young man. He can recover from this. <laughs> Though I am looking for very much forward to the Candido Storm the feud that we are definitely going to be getting and hopefully as we see later on this month we already have one of them and it's an amazing match that we get lots of the good wrestling that these two would definitely do together 
Thank you. Thank you, Bam Bam. Thanks for opening my eyes. I was getting soft. I was becoming just like everybody else around here. A team player. A company guy. <laughs> Thank you for smartening me up and kicking my But the thing is, how to do it with my back turned. Big badass, Bam Bam Bigelow, the beast from the east. I used to walk in a stone pony and people would shiver, piss themselves. Brother, you ain't 18 no more. Maybe, maybe you're not the guy you used to be. You had the chance to bust my jaw wide open face to face like men do. But no. You had to wait till my back was turned. And use my belt to crack me across the face. Oh, you're bad. And I'm a mark, huh? Ah, the only mark is anybody in Asbury Park, your hometown, that still believes in you. So you're a celebrity. I'm an athlete. You're a superstar hanging out with NFL football players playing golf. And I'm busting my in the gym at five in the morning. You're hanging out with all the big wigs. I'm just a miserable workhorse breathing down your big neck, brother. So on March 1st, you better prepare yourself, big boy. Because you ain't never, ever been in that squared circle. My ring with anyone like me. And on a side note, Shane Douglas, the other champ around here. You're right, bro. I am a mark for this. The world television championship. You know, the whole while, you and Bigelow, pretty smart. You trade that world belt back and forth. Then somewhere along the line, you guys realized that this was the only belt that meant anything. You've got the world tag team gold. You got the world heavyweight belt. And that ain't enough. Why? Why, Shane? Because you know This is the thing that makes it happen. And I am the one who elevated it. Not you, you yellow bitch. Me. I made you tap in two and a half minutes. Why don't you come after me, brother? No. You send a big guy, the beast from the east. You can't send Candido. Because I beat him so many times, I'm tired of it. And you won't send yourself. Because you're yellow, and I made you tap, and that pisses you off. So you send Bigelow. Well, that's fine. Bring him. Bring that six foot four, 360-pound monster after little old Taz. Little five foot nine, 248-pound Taz. Bring him. Bring him. See you on the first. Prepare yourself, Bigelow. Because I'm Taz.
the world television champion. Beat me if you can, Bam Bam. Survive if I let you. So, going into week two's TV, we open up with a Taz promo where he thanks Bam Bam for smarting him up. He said that he'd gone soft and had become a company guy. And says maybe that Bam Bam isn't all that he thinks he is as he attacks him from behind. Calls him out for hanging with footballers and big wigs while Taz was busting his ass and making his way into the wrestling business. He tells Shane that he's a mark for the TV title and that Taz elevated it, not that yellow bitch. Beat me if you can. Survive if I let you. We then get a tag team match between Sabu and RVD versus Axel and Balls. Balls and Axel come in and hit a top rope neck breaker and rack combination, get a two count. A drop toe hold leg drop combo gets a two count. RVD hits a big top rope sidekick and air Sabu. We get the Boston Crag leg drop combo and rolling thunder. And then in comes the chairs. Sabu hits Axel with the triple jump leg drop through balls on a table on the outside. Hot tag to Axel who comes in with punches and a lovely cradle suplex. And then all four brawl. We see super kicks to Sabu's broken jaw. Axel grabs a chair. Sabu grabs the leg of it. So RBD hits a Van Daminator and then hits total elimination. Or should we call that total Van Damination on balls, which brings out Cronus, who beats them down. We then see a wonderful match between Al Snow and Doug Furness. Opening this up, we see a sea of heads in the crowd. Al beats on Doug, hitting him with a clothesline neck breaker over the top rope. A gauntlet leg drop. Doug hits a stiff belly to belly and a hurricane runner getting twos. A power slam for a two and a slam. Al gets a quick roll up for a two, then hits a reverse hurricane runner. And a tiger bomb, and then another hurricane rana for a two. Furnace hits a tombstone for the two. Al then uses head to nail both Doug and Lance Wright for the win. We then are meant to have a match between the Dudleys and Sandman and Tommy Dreamer. But Sandman interrupts the procedures by saying that ECW is a family whether it be the wrestlers, the fans, or the production guys. We get told that Tommy's grandfather has recently passed, and this beer is for Grandpa Joe. They then have a 10th bell salute, which even the Dudleys are respecting by taking their hats off. But guess who comes out to piss on the vinegar? That's right, it's just incredible. He says that he came to give his condolences. He wishes that Tommy had died instead of your worthless grandpa. Tommy jumps in, but Jason comes out to make the save. Into week freeze TV, we actually see the match between Dudley's Tommy and Sandman. Sandman and Bubba exchange wrestling holds. That's right, you heard me. Wrestling holds. Arm drags. Hip tosses. The, the lot. Sandman hits a punch to the outside, and Tommy hits one of his own. 
Then Tommy and Devon do some wrestling holds too. That is until Big Dick comes in and chokeslams Tommy. Out comes New Jackson Cronus, and we get a weapons-based brawl. Then, who who would have funk it? New Jack and Tommy do wrestling holds. And yes, New Jack is doing arm bars and arm drags too. But it doesn't last long as the weapons are being used again. Cronus, it's a frog splash through Devon on a table, which then brings out RVD and Sabu. And true chaos commences. Sabu stabs New Jack with a chair. Then RVD and Sabu go up top and put the gangstators for a table. Devon then pins Cronus, which makes me think that this has become a real match. RVD then hits a somersault plancher, and Sabu follows suit. Sabu hits a crossbody to the Dudleys, but then goes down until RVD hits a dropkick for a two. They brawl onto the outside until Sandman and Tommy roll up both of the Dudleys and get three counts. We then see a pair of DDTs by Tommy and Sandman, and then we see Justin on the balcony beating down Mikey Whitbreck on the stage. He calls out Tommy, he gives chase, and they brawl on the stage until Jason again makes the save. Meanwhile, RVD and Sabu hit a double-team Sandman chair-assisted rolling thunder for twos, a frog splash, and then an Arabian face buster to get the win. We then get Beulah having a promo where she says that Justin has made himself a star, but everything he does comes at a price. He said that Tommy had made paid his way to get there. We get highlights from Tommy's past. And she says that we are about to see the dark side of Tommy and that Justin has made his bed and now he has to lie in the wet spot. We then get highlights of Bulls, Axel and Tommy versus Baracus, RVD and Sabu. Jason comes out to apologise for what has been said until Justin comes out his own. Tommy gives chase and they go all the way out of the building. Jason, Justin jumping in a car and leaving. Back into the arena, we get the usual tag team affair as Baracus just stands outside until he finally comes in. Power slams balls, then axle through tables. We then get a rolling thunder for the win. A Taz promo where he says he's going to beat Baracus, make him, t- and then he's going to give Bam Bam hell in his own hometown. We then get a promo from Chris Candido where he keeps going on about the fact that Lance wanted Sonny and did everything to impress Sonny. We get a wonderful promo of Al Snow and Head at a beach where Al Snow is buried up to his head in the sand. Candido tells us that he's picked his partner for the dream pick a partner tag match between him and Lance. He's picked Shane Douglas. We see a super quick highlights of Chris Candido versus, or Shane Douglas even versus Chris Jay where we see Shane winning with a belly to belly. So, anything of of note that you wanted to to mention in that TV review? Well, I thought that was the angle between uh, Tommy Dreamer and uh, Just Incredible was a 
bit uh, kind of a bit close to the nerve, really. I didn't really enjoy it, but I suppose you're trying to get like as much heat on Just Incredible going forward as possible, making him look like a disrespectful hill. So I suppose that kind of works in that sense. It is sort of ultimate shit starer mode, isn't it? Really, you know. Oh yes. And I suppose there's only so so many people that he can put out, as we would say, uh, you know, like he did with Mikey, because uh, obviously Mikey already needed surgery, so it's a good way to write Mikey off. So yes, he yeah. can have that. But you know, not everyone, or there's not loads of guys that are about that can just, you know, bin off a couple of months with ease, where we can yeah, use so- that. Yeah, so I suppose I had to sort of go in this direction and do this angle. So I, I just thought it was a bit crass, like. <laughs> but then so, I suppose a lot of things in ECW can be um, uh, fought off that way, really, can't they? <laughs> well, wrestling in general isn't, you know, the moral high ground, is it? No, it isn't really, no. <laughs> so we open. Uh, yep. Sorry, Chris, carry on, sorry. So, we are at CyberSlam, and do you have the results? I do have the results in front of me, just one second. Okay, so opening the show, uh, Jerry Lynn defeated Danny Doring with Amish Roadkill. El Snow defeated Tracy Smothers. Chris Chetty defeated Doug Furness. Lance Storm beat Chris Candino. Taz uh, beat Baracus to retain the ECW World Television title. Just Incredible defeated Tommy Dreamer in a first blood match. Uh, Axel Rotten, Bulls Mahoney and Sandman beat the Dudleys and the team of Spike Dudley John Cronus and New Jack in a nine-man tag. And finally, Shane Douglas and Bam Bam Bigelow beat Rob Van Dam and Sabu. So, overall, how how did you think of this show sort of going in? Uh, I thought it was a good like, little placeholder before the pay-per-view, to be fair. Um I wouldn't say I enjoyed it as much as uh, last uh, month's uh, house party show, but it it was a good enough show. It was an easy watch over the two hours and 30 minutes. There's some matches on here that are really long, but they don't seem it, is the one thing that I got with this show. Um, Obviously, we'll go into it in much more detail in a bit, but the... uh, Al Snow and Tracy Smothers match is like over 20 minutes. The tag team match at the end is over 20 minutes. But none of them seem as though they were like slogging, dragged out matches, which always helps when you've got sort of that length of a match. Yeah, um, I, I could sort of like make a few arguments why I don't think uh, Al Snow and Tracy Smothers is, but I certainly agree with the tag team match at the main event. So, we open the show with the whole roster coming into the ring, 
and marking the passing of Lewis Scoli, we get a 10-bell salute. So opening up the action, we have Jerry Lynn and going against Danny Doring with Amish Roadkill. Danny starts with an arm drag, and then they exchange arm holds, and we get a chop battle in the corner. Clothesline and a two count. Roadkill then grabs the legs so Danny can hit a quick leg drop and goes all the way to the first rope but misses a flying elbow. Lynn hits a head scissors, clothesline and drop kick and then hits a tope to both Amish and Danny on the outside. Back into the ring with a side slam and then goes up top and hits a leg drop for a two, suplex for a two and a second rope headbutt misses. Danny follows it up with a quick elbow drop and a two count and then to the outside where Roadkill puts the boots in. Back into the ring, Danny hits a wonderfully delicious gut wrench suplex for a two. They then go back to the outside and brawl for a bit until Roadkill accidentally hits Danny while Lynn was doing a rolling senton into the crowd. Back into the ring, Lynn hits a drop kick and gets a two count. A slam, but misses the follow-up leg drop. Danny gets a quick two count. Slam, and then goes to the top rope, but Lynn drop kicks him off. Then up top for a diving crossbody to the floor. Back in, and a tiger bomb for a two count. Roadkill then makes his way into the ring. Hits a slam and a top rope elbow drop. Danny gets a two. Hits a clothesline, but Lynn hits... It's a quick sunset bomb from the top for the free. I really enjoyed this. I think Danny showed improvements and Roadkill has finally got a character compared to what we've seen with him recently. And as always, Jerry Lynn is awesome. Yeah, it was Jerry Lynn. I've definitely got to agree with Jerry Lynn is awesome. Um, you can put him in there with anyone and he'll have a good <laughs> which is... Which is really good for ECW because they need a performer like that. Um, you know, it could build him up over time and he can become a real, like, credible challenger for a world title going down the, the road in 16 to 18 months, whatever. Uh, with Danny Doring, um, at least he's sort of finding a character where he's trying to get people to elect the Danny Boring chance. I suppose it sort of works with the play on words. Um, and you say about Amish Roadkill, uh, yeah, he's, he's least he's got a character. He's found something. I suppose both of them together could be a decent little tag team or pairing going forward. Um, and it was uh, a, a an enjoyable opener. I enjoyed it. A good solid ten minutes of action. So our next match sees Tracy's mothers of the FBI accompanied with the rest of the FBI, Guido and Tommy Rich, going against Al Snow. Tracy is getting pelted with heads during his introduction. The FBI stall, and then Al and his head mock them. FBI go to leave, but then change their mind. The crowd are on brutal form tonight, shouting faggots at them, and then asking, where's my pizza? We get a collar and elbow. Tracy then hits a shoulder block and a second. Al Snow hip toss Tracy with a fireman's curry. We then 
see the arena get really, really smoky as if there's a fire going on somewhere. Guido and Tommy attack on the outside on Al. Al then grabs a leg and then hits an ocean cyclone suplex and then crotches himself going for this follow-up. Tommy then hits Al with his flag. Tracy hits forearms, a backdrop and a foot choke. Tommy hits some punches and slams. Al then gets lobbed into the railings by Guido and pits and punches. Back in, Tracy gets the two count. Then the double pies on elbow gets a two. A headlock. Al manages to power his way out, but Tracy hits the Italian leg sweep. Boots and Al manages to get a quick clothesline and hits a tiger bomb for a two. Tracy sidekicks and gets a two count. Hits a back elbow and gets a two. And a pump handle slam for a two. Al manages to get a quick Alabama slam and then hits another really nice gut wrench power bomb and goes up top for a moonsault, which gets a two count. Close lines to the outside and then he moonsaults all three of the FBI. Al then chases Tommy around, but Tracy is there hidden with a chair. Ref Molino then gets shoulder blocked by Tracy. At this point, all three of the FBI jump in and beat down Al. And then out comes Jeff Jones. We see the flag getting smashed over Al, but Grout manages to get hold of Head and levels absolutely everyone with Head and hits everyone with snowplows. Then grabs Head to hit Tracy in the head and gets the win. The crowd then lob the rest of the heads into the crowd, into the ring. I enjoyed this. This was the right level of comic relief. And it, it had that old school vibe of like them sort of just walking out because they didn't want to wrestle, you know, the proper level of heel cheating. It was silly. I liked it. Yeah. Um... I, I think the only problem that I really had, and um, I was enjoying all the stalling and the old Memphis-style stalling uh, early going on and, and whatnot, but it, it seemed to go on for, like, a good 15 minutes. It was, uh, okay, are, are we working a house show here, lads? Are we working, like, a, a big show? It, it just felt like it was very much of a house show match. And I, it just sort of, it disappointed me, uh, but there was a lot of um, silliness towards the end, and I, I did find myself laughing. It was just, um, I felt it could have been so much more, but I suppose if you would have sent those two guys out to have a serious match, it probably would have been seven minutes of pure torture because it would have just been bad, legitimately bad. So, yeah. The issue is, obviously, Tracy's mother's is very much past his prime. Uh, yes, <laughs> you know you're not you're not gonna get a an eighties southern wrestling clinic here with with him. So you've got to sort of take what you can. And I think using him in the way that they have here was perfect. If you want the wrestling match, put him in there with 
um, Guido. Yeah. <clears throat> but you're not you're not getting that with with Tracy. No, you're definitely going to get like I said, like fifteen minutes of stalling, which was all very funny, but um, it was it, far too much for my liking. To be fair, see if this was on the pay per view, I would have a very different feeling about how long this was and how it went. But as right. a as a special, as we like to call them, uh, because the thing is, these are basically just filmed house shows which they cut and paste bits out of to make TV with for the month. Right. You know, this this has a place in this type of a show. If this would have been, you know, at next month's pay-per-view, then it brings everything down as a waste of pay-per-view time. But the thing with ECW is obviously with shows like this, you do have to remember that they are just basically glorified house shows that we're getting to see. So you, you can give them that extra liberty. You know, if the Fed was doing this on a B pay-per-view, you know, or if WCW were doing it, you, you'd sort of quite easily go, well, no, I want my money back. But have you <laughs> seen No Way Out of Texas this month? They, they uh, have some matches that are worse than this and want you to pay for them. I suppose I, I can't really argue with that, Chris. That's a, that's a pretty good point. So, our next match sees Chris Che going against Doug Furness, who is out with Lance Wright. Doug goes straight for the amateur wrestling style and Matt wrestles. That is until Doug decides he's had enough of this and forearms Chris. Chris then hits a beautiful tilt the wells, head scissors, Doug power bombs and some boots and then hits a press slam and a power slam for a two. Puts on a Boston Crab and then breaks that to headbutt. Chris then manages to get a big boot but gets crotched. Doug goes to the top rope and hits a really nice top rope belly to belly but only gets a two. A Hurricane Rana. Then Chris manages to get a counter DDT. Hits the double jump moonsault and gets the win. After the match, Lance shoots on Doug, saying that he has his WWF contract. Doug says his contract's worth enough to buy a man's soul, but he still shakes hands with Chris Shay. I like this. This was, again, you know, showing that some of the new guys that, I don't know what the, the official term for the, the, ECW school is I believe it's the school of hard knocks or the house of hardcore um, but they are, they're showing that they're making some of their own talent um, obviously Danny Doring earlier on Chris Chetty now these guys have definitely got some upside and potentially if they're going to be bringing guys like this that can have matches with guys like a furnace or a just incredible or Jerry Lynn the future does look a bit better when, you know, the big names are leaving ECW. Yeah, um, I like Chris Chetty. I thought what he showed here was uh, more than passable. He was able to put together a good four-minute match. Um, 
uh, really like the main story for me for this for this match is uh, what are they doing with uh, Doug Furness? I hope they're sort of building him up to um, have retribution and uh, become the old Doug Furness of old, like the old old Japan Doug Furness. If we could get even half of that in uh, ECW, because I don't think he's going to be going back to the Fed anytime soon. I think he's uh, here in ECW to stay, then, you know, uh, you'll have a great performer on your hands, and uh, this was uh, a decent enough match, and he's put over Chetty Strong here. See, it's one of those of, obviously, we don't know the official contract status there between him and the Fed, but I would imagine he and Lafon are both two of the guys that the Fed are quite happy not to use and let them see out their deals in, in ECW. So, you know, more more power to them if they can stay here because obviously we're getting decent matches for us to watch instead of them not being used at all. But you've got to think, if, if their deals are up, would would they go back to Japan? Uh, depends. Uh, well, really, it depends at the end of the day on everything with money, doesn't it? That's As what it all comes down <laughs> So, we then get the obligatory Joey Styles in the ring. This is where TV starts moment. He comes out and speaks about how the tag team situation is going on. We have obviously Lance and Chris Candido being on opposite sides of the title match. Out comes the triple threat. Shane says that the skies are sunny. And he recalls the double cross from three weeks ago. Shane says that Lance and Taz were both wrong. At this point, Francine gets massive. Francine sucks dicks for crack chance. Oh, the ECW crowd. Such a pleasant bunch. He and Chris say that they're going to teach Lance a lesson. Chris then says that it doesn't matter who he brings, as Shane's the best. At this point, Sunny set pops up with saying that she knows who the partner is, but she won't tell because it's a mystery. And she says that she has lots of secrets, and then smirks with Chris. At this point, Sonny and Francine square off at each other until Bam Bam carries Sonny to the back. We then get a match between Lance Storm and Chris Candido. This opens up fast, with Lance hitting a quick clothesline, superkick and baseball slide. A slingshot splash into the crowd. Back into the ring, Lance goes and gets a two count. We then get a stiff chop battle. Lance then overshoots and posts himself as Chris hits a massive lariat, followed with punches, eye pokes, and a bulldog-esque stalling suplex. Lance then hits a swinging neck breaker, but Chris hits a snap mare and a single snap leg drop, getting a two. We then have a headlock snap power slam and they exchange punches and chops. Lance hits a wonderful spinning heel kick and gets a drop kick for a two. The cartwheel splash into the corner. 
But then Chris posts him, hits a top rope belly to belly for a two count, a northern lights for a two. Lance then counters a powerbomb with a sidekick. Chris then hits a super canrana for a two. We then have a little bit of a brawl as they both climb up the top, and Lance hits the blonde bombshell and gets the win. What can we say about this match that isn't, you must watch it, this is proper wrestling, and these two are the future of ECW, and I'd be surprised if not the future of either the Fed or WCW. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed this match. Prop, like you said, Chris, it was a, a proper uh, meaty wrestling match for us to get our teeth into. Um, yeah, okay, it was only eight minutes long, but that was just giving us a little tease of what they're going to give us at the pay-per-view. Um, beforehand, the angle beforehand, I was quite surprised to see Sunny, but I know it's not her first time she's been in ECW or made an appearance on camera, but... Um, I would love to know what these things that she's not telling Chris about. And um, <laughs> I, re- I really like uh, Chris Candino as the neurotic boyfriend. Uh, he plays it so over the top that it's very comical. And um, I-, I find myself laughing at him more than uh, <laughs> more these days, rather than not caring about him like I used to. Well, it's to me, obviously... How how much of this is scripted and how much this is reality with uh, Sonny and her secrets oh, yes. and Chris and his super possessiveness of Sonny. Um, but the thing that I loved about this is these two have turned on each other and they start wanting to batter each other. There's no, oh, let's start with a, a collar and elbow or, you know, some arm bars and an arm drag. No. Fuck you, I want to hit you. That's how it should be. And I I do always enjoy when a blood feud, or at least a proper feud, starts in that way. Because it proves that, you know, these guys actually care about the story they're telling. And make it very much real. Yeah, um, like... Obviously, you're not going to start out with uh, a tie-up and, uh, you know, quit, not drag down or anything like that. They're not going to do that because, you know, Lance has just had uh, Candino turn on him. So it it made perfect sense for them to go, you know, all out, balls to the wall as soon as it starts and uh, make it a little tease for the pay-per-view. So next we have our ECW TV title match where Taz defends against Barakas. Barakas is joined by Team WWF, as I'll call them, Doug Furness, Lance Wright, and Darren Drozdoff. Taz shoots down Barakas and then hits him with some massive cross faces. Barakas hits a stiff knee and a power bomb. Droz brings in a table. Barakas hits another power bomb. Taz then hooks a head and arm Tazplex through the table, stomps on Barakas. Barakas then manages to get himself back up and in charge and goes for a press slam. That is until Taz slides his way out, hits a German Tazplex and puts on the tab mission and wins in 2 minutes 37. 
well, if that was all that Baracus has been here for in these last few months, it seems a tad wasteful in the way of if it was for his development. But that's good on a Taz highlight reel, him battering and killing this muscle-bound roid freak. Yeah, um, I, I, I've got to say, like, I've, I felt that it kept Taz strong. It was more, like, positives for Taz, really, going forward um, for his match with Bam Bam Bigelow. Uh, as for Baracus, obviously, the guy's still a little wet behind the ears and very, very green, so they probably wanted to try and keep it as short as possible. So, and but, obviously... I'm the, sorry, the, Chris, go on. Yeah, I was going to say, the, the thing with Bracker, so the whole reason the Fed sent him to ECW was that he was meant to get some seasoning and, you know, so that they can then use him on, on Fed TV. Right, okay. And he had one match, which is this one, and uh, hasn't really progressed. Uh, no, maybe Paul was a bit worried on who to put him over, really. Um, who do you sacrifice for Baracus? He got Mikey Ripwicks out injured at the moment. Put him in there with Mikey, uh, you could put him in there with Spike, and they're, they're not going to lose anything, but. No. Yeah, it doesn't seem to have. You know, Paul Lee's got his, his side of it, because, you know, he's got the highlight reel of Taz beating up. This this massive roid head, but I don't think Baracus has uh, has learnt much. No, he's learnt how to take a kick in. That's for damn sure. <laughs> <laughs> so next we have our first blood match, seeing Just Incredible, who's out with Jason and Nicole Bass, going against Tommy Dreamer, who's out with Beulah McGillicuddy. I will just say the copy of the tape that we had does join this match in the middle of the action. We see Tommy blocking Jason's punch with a bin lid, then smashing it over his head. Justin jumps on him, but then he gets crotched and bounced into back off the ropes. They brawl to the outside. We get a headshot where someone has thrown head into Tommy's hands. And then he gets thrown into the support bowls. Hit with a beer and a slingshot into the post into a chair which Buddha is holding. Tommy then clotheslines him over the railings and then throws him into the bleachers and against the wall. They then go back into the ring. Justin misses a drop kick and gets kneed in the balls. Tommy grabs a chair. Jason grabs it by the leg so Justin can then hit an inverted DDT, a leg drop onto the chair and then rams his face into the chair and hits a seated drop kick. We get some punches and biting and then a suplex onto the chair. Tommy manages to get a face buster onto the chair and then Tommy goes up top and hits a neck breaker. Jason hits some punches, and Bueller then chases Jason around 
with a sign, and that in comes Nicole Bass. Bueller then accidentally hits the ref by mistake. Tommy hits the Spicoli driver, and then a DDT. Grabs some barbed wire and wraps himself in it, and then goes up top and splashes him. This brings out RVD. RVD comes out and hits a spin kick to the bin against Tommy's head. He then wraps the barbed wire around Tommy's head and jumps, hitting a smashing dropkick into the bin against his head. Justin then hits That's Incredible on Bueller. Tommy puts the barbed wire in Justin's mouth. We then cut to a shot of Tommy beating down Jason and strangling him with barbed wire. See, this match was hard to watch because of how it was, how it was edited on, on the, the film that we got. Because we don't really see the part where the ref calls for the, for the first blood. Because obviously his head gets busted open when RVD comes out with the, the barbed wire and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my main problem with this match isn't the editing, but it's having a blood feud match like this a week before you're having it again on the pay-per-view. Would would you... Obviously, we know that this is, as I said, for a house show and for that audience. But when you've got a match like this, building like this, I don't think a first blood match, even with the sort of iffy finish having RVD coming out to help, would be what I would have gone with a week a week before the big show. Yeah, no, I, I definitely can see your point there, Chris. It, it, it didn't really make any sense for them to do just incredible Tommy Dreamer here. You, maybe you could have, uh, I don't know, maybe done a mixed tag where you, do I dare even say this, where you put Nicole Bass and Credible together against Bueller and Dreamer. Yeah, okay, you probably would have kept... Uh, like, you could have still kept loads of heat on Justin Credible by having him uh, uh, do the Tombstone Power Driver to Bueller. But you didn't really need to give this match away. And, yeah, it was, uh, like, a first blood stipulation. So no one's going to get pinned. So they're going to protect Dreamer and Credible in that way. But still, it's like, do you give this match away? I personally wouldn't have done that. See, because what I would have probably done with these would have been, I would have had Tommy versus anyone else. And then you have Justin be a cunt and come in and batter him down. And if you wanted to still do, obviously, the bit of him hitting Bueller with, that's incredible. You could still have done that, but not have them having a proper match. I, I just feel that if... Because obviously a lot of the ECW fans are super into the internet and will read Meltzer and get hold of the dirt sheets and the news and stuff. They'll find out about this show and what happened. And obviously it's Cyberslam. It, they did their online commentary for this because it's their internet pr- convention. 
you know, the the people that you want to buy your show, the ones that are going to put their hands in their pocket to buy the pay-per-view are the fans that are that invested in it and will be listening to it on the internet anyway, sort of, to, if they're not in the arena for this show. Why, I, I don't see the logical sense of burning through, through that match. But it was a good match to watch. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a good match to watch. There was lots of, uh, good spots in it and, uh, uh Tommy bled a gusher again. So, uh, he wears the crimson mask very well, in my opinion, does Tommy Dreamer. So, we now have our nine man freeway tag team elimination match, which sees the team of Balls, Axel and Sandman going against Spike, Cronus and New Jack and Bubba Ray, Devon and Big Dick Dudley. We open the match with the Dudleys and Axel Balls and Sandman team starting. And as you'd imagine, we get a massive brawl. Sandman grabs a massive cane, his cane, and hits massive cane shots to Bubba and Big Dick. That is, until he gets chokeslammed by Big Dick. Bubba grabs a chair and hits massive chair shots to the top of Balls' head and then bites him. Balls and Axel use their chairs as normal, and Balls punches Bubba and then hits a super kick, goes up top, but Bubba stops him only to hit the superplex. Bubba then gets a cheese grater, beats down Axel, and then grates his head, which pisses blood. Devon hits a spinning back elbow onto Axel, and then Bubba and Balls wander into the crowd. All of the Dudleys hold on to balls onto a table as Bubba is about to dive off from the eagle's nest. That is until we hear gunshots and the dulcet tones of Ice Cube and Dre's natural born killer. We then see New Jack appear from behind Bubba in the eagle's nest with a cookie sheet as he smashes it over Bubba's head, then dives onto balls through the table on the floor. As always, when you hear Natural Born Killers, it only means one thing. A weapons brawl is beginning. So Spike and Cronus are beating down Devon, Axel and Sandman in the ring with pretty much everything they can get their hands on. Spike hits a muscle missile drop kicks and across bodies and a top rope hurricane runner onto Sandman for a two count. Cronus kicks Bubba. Devon hits a low blow on New Jack and Sandman lobs a bin literally at the head of Axel. Bubba then tees off with New Jack. Cronus kick is out with some big kicks to Big Dick. Bubba and Axel are going at it. Bubba and Devon then wrap their fists in chains and then start lumping Axel, Spike and New Jack. Spike then comes in, hitting a swinging DDT through a table on balls, only for Axel to hit the severe skull trauma and get the free count, which sees Spike and the gangsters being eliminated. The Dudleys then beat down on Sandman, that is, until Axel hits Devon with a hard chair shot, 
Then Sandman hits a stun gun on the chair on Bubba and gets the free. Axel Balls and Sandman are your winners. As always, we have to have our, our mass weapons brawl for the evening. And here it is. So, I, I, uh, yeah, I really, um, I really like this match. I do enjoy the ECW walking brawl. Lots of blood, uh, lots of violence, lots of crazy weapon shots. Um, it, it ticks every box uh, on my wish list when I want to watch an ECW show, which is a bit of mindless violence and. Uh, with the added uh, <laughs> song in the middle of uh, Ice Cube and Dr. Dre of Natural Born Killers. I say, you know, it wouldn't be ECW if we didn't get the dulcet tones of Dre and Ice Cube. Um, but I do have to say, New Jack is mental with taking those dives off the eagle's nest. They do look good for the for the highlight reel, but I can't imagine them being a nice landing. They can't be good for your knees, that's for sure. It, it definitely looked really good, the way that he just dove off of there onto that table. And uh, I, I do feel sorry for his knees every time he does do something like that, though. So our main event of the evening sees Bam Bam Bigelow and Shane Douglas going against RVD and Sabu. Right off the bat, the obligatory, that fucking whistle. Because, dear God, Fonzie is just, like, constant this evening. I don't even think he takes it out of his mouth once, that how much you're hearing it on this match. Shane and RVD start. RVD throws in loads of his usual kicks. But Shane manages to dodge them. That is until RVD hits a big spin kick. We then get an arm drag into an arm bar, but Shane manages to get out of a hammerlock. RVD then again kicks big kicks and then tags in Sabu, who comes in with a camel clutch, where RVD hits the slingshot drop kick, and then RVD and then Sabu hits the slingshot clothesline. And that is followed by a pair of cling, slingshot leg drops and a second camel clutch. Quick tag to RVD who comes in with punches and kicks and a slingshot stomp. Suplex from outside back into the ring for a two. A slingshot leg drop and then a tag to Sabu who hits a slingshot leg drop of his own. Gets a two count, puts on the camel clutch with RVD hitting the drop kick combo again for a two. A front slam split legged moonsault by RVD. Shane manages to get his knees up and tags in Bam Bam. Bam Bam in with some big elbows and headbutts and a suplex for a two. He then hits a DDT for a two and an underhooked powerbomb. Where he then shags in, tags in Shane for a snap mare, a neck whip, and neck snap. And then puts on a chin lock. RVD manages to get a tag to Sabu, who comes in with some quick clotheslines and gets a two count. Shane, Sabu then lobs Shane to the outside. 
to see RVD doing a jumping drop kick to the face with a, followed up with a chair stop and Sabu hits and stomps for a two. Shane hits an underhook suplex on both. Bam Bam in with some headbutts. Sabu hits a stiff chair shot. Then the triple jump to the outside onto Shane. RVD in with some quick back kicks and a jumping hurricane Rana. Bam Bam then posts RVD as Shane does the same to Sabu. We then get a brawl to the outside. RVD tries to hit a jumping sidekick, but Bam Bam grabs him and lobs him into the crowd. Sabu and Shane are back into the ring. At this point, RVD gets rammed into the railings, but he then turns that into putting Bam Bam over the railing and hitting the spinning railing leg drop. Sabu hits Air Sabu to Shane, and then they double-team Bam Bam. RVD misses a spinning heel kick and crotches himself on the top rope. Bam Bam then launches Sabu into RVD and then lobs Shane into both of them. RVD back in and puts Shane next to a bin as Sabu hits him with a drop kick. Bam Bam then sets up a table. A power bomb to RVD and then Sabu and a top rope flying bulldog through the table gets a two. RVD hits a stun gun on Shane and the Van Daminator for a two count, rolling thunder for a two and then puts in another table into the ring, which they put Shane on, but it automatically breaks. So they get another. They then put a double bulldog through Shane only to get the two as Bam Bam hits a diving headbutt for the save. Bam Bam pins Sabu only for RVD to get the save with a leg drop. Bam Bam then grabs Fonzie. As he does, RVD hits a jump kick but gets caught, turned into greetings from Asbury Park and Bam Bam and Shane get the win. This was harder to call than it was to watch. <laughs> this was a really, really fun match. Um, RVD and Sabu as a team, other than trying to have to, you know, say slingshot, whatever, leg drops, triple jumps and everything else they do, lots, they are always very, very fun to watch. Um I'm slightly surprised they've not sort of done more with them and sort of put them in the tag team title picture, but obviously at the moment the tag team title picture is quite sort of needed where it is with Shane and Shane, Chris and Lance and the triple threat things. But I can imagine give it a month or two when that's all done with RVD and Sabu as your ECW tag team champions. I can see that being quite a good little run. Yeah, no, I would like to see uh, RVD and Sabu with the tag team titles. Yeah, you bring that up, Chris. I think that's a pretty good idea going forward. You know, once you get past all the uh, 
all of this with the triple threat and Candino and Storm, then yeah, what, why not have a run with them as uh, uh, tag team champions? And maybe that could lead to uh, some sort of fallout between the two. But I don't want to go too far into to, to what you could do for 1999. As for the match itself, a lot happened. Uh, a lot of it was rememberable. Um, I'm thinking about the end of the final spot with uh, where Shane Douglas just couldn't seem to go through the table, or he at least tried to, but just couldn't. Um, it was kind of cocked up from there, and I was a bit surprised that they actually had a finish here. I thought, you know, maybe they would uh, send another team him out to uh, interfere so it would just start ending a non-contest because but then uh, it sort of makes sense with you having Bam Bam Bigelow go over because uh, obviously he's more of a star in ECW at this present moment of time than Rob Van Dam. Obviously you know you've got Bam Bam who by by the looks of how they're, they're booking and building for Living Dangerously is in the main event of that show, because it looks as though how how they're advertising it at the moment, you would imagine Taz Bam Bam is is the main event because obviously Shane is in the tag title match, so he's not having a world title match. So you know, having one half of your main event going over being strong against two of the most believable characters in the company, you know, it, it makes sense going into into the big show. Yeah, it definitely made sense from that point of view. I was just I was a bit surprised that that, that was the route that they decided to go considering they had kept everyone so strong earlier on in the show. So, it is that time. What are your overall thoughts of the show and your score rating out of 10? Oh, so overall thoughts, uh, easy watch for two hours and 30 minutes. If uh, you're bored one afternoon and just want to stick it on the VHS player, then go ahead, stick it on. Um, I would give this a solid 7 out of 10. Again, I completely agree that it is definitely one of those that it's worth having in the VHS collection. You know, if you just want to laze out on a Sunday afternoon, I can think of an easy way of sort of spending two and a half hours there. Um, and yeah, seven as well. So that leads us into week four's TV, which is pretty much majority highlights from Cyberslam. Um, we open up with a 10 bell salute for Louis. We get the triple threat promo and the Taz Barakas match. Um, we also get Lance going against Chris Candido. But there is one thing of note in that last week's show, which is a promo of New Jack in the Hood, where he says that he is the new thing is to have criminals on pay-per-view. And Tyson said he didn't do it, whereas New Jack, he admitted his murders. And he's going to bring the violence and he's gonna cut a fool. So obviously, you know, New Jack getting in there with the fact of the WWF are having 
Mike Tyson, who obviously we know has a shady background, but he didn't do it or admit it, um, on their pay-per-view, whereas New Jack will quite happily tell you in all the details of his criminal past. <laughs> so, we, as we said, we are opening next month with the Living Dangerously pay-per-view. So, looking at what we've seen this month and the matches that we sort of know that have been announced, we'll sort of go through them one each and sort of where we think or what we think will go from here and what will happen. So, we'll go in reverse order of importance. So, we've got this three-way dance of Balls and Axel, Spike and New Jack and Bubba Ray and Devon. Weapons walking brawl of the evening? Uh, definitely, yes. Uh, I can't see it being anything else. Uh, it's definitely the blood and guts match of the uh, of the show. Um, obviously, there is hope that they're trying to get hold of Too Cold for a match against RVD. If that is to to happen, I think we may have our sneaker hit for match of the night there. Yeah, I know. Um, if they are, if they're able to get too cold, you know, um, uh, that that will just be him and RVD. I'm just like thinking about it right, right about now. That'd just be incredible. That will really be a really good match. That could be like a a solid five star match if they wanted to go that far. Obviously, too cold isn't. Um, his confidence level isn't exactly as much as it was due to his Fed run as of late, so maybe so that would hamper it. Did you see the match he had against Taz um, earlier this year when he sort of did his, his oh, one-shot yeah. deal? Yeah, he still got house it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I completely forgot about that. Yeah, he's, uh, he actually bought his A-game in that one and uh, the, the didn't seem to find him. still there. Good. Oh, obviously the flash funk hasn't rubbed off on too cold. So the one that I have no real sort of idea about, because I have to admit I am not, you know, the biggest expert in Japanese wrestling. <laughs> Tanaka versus Wing Kanemara. Uh, I've seen a little bit of FMW on the uh, through tape traders and whatnot. Um, yeah. Um, Wing Kanemara is um, sort of like a, you could say like a Cactus Jack type character, uh, but he's uh, not as good as Cactus uh, at all. As for Masai Tanaka, um, he can absorb an incredible amount of punishment. So it I've could heard that he's he's uh, of that Hoss type of a guy, you know, big stiff yes, and likes a fight. Yes, he's definitely built like a uh, a wall as well, so that helps. And uh, yeah, I, I reckon it could be enjoyable. But um, as we've seen with Japanese matches in ECW before, the crowd tends to shit all over it. So I hope that doesn't happen here. We obviously have the blood flu feud of the evening with Tommy and Justin. Obviously, after what we've seen at Cyber Slam. We know that these two are quite happy to 
belt the shit out of each other. Do you reckon we could get a true extreme and true violent match between these two? Well, obviously, it's all been building up to the point where it should uh, theoretically get that. Um, what what are they going to do to top the first blood match? I suppose there will be more, more blood. <laughs> I, I really don't know, Chris. I, I couldn't give you a, a straight answer on that one. I, th- I think that one's definitely going to be the, the interesting one to see where they go, because obviously there was talk of... Uh, a lot of the pay-per-view carriers not wanting, you know, mass amounts of blood and guts and the super violence. Whereas if there was ever a match that how it's been built needs it, it is this one. The Uh, interesting one of the night, Shane and Chris, Lance and mystery partner. Who are you betting on that he brings, that Lance brings in as his mystery partner? Uh, well, I would love to see Chris Jericho, but obviously that's not going to happen. Um, say, that was where I was hoping, you know, it, it calls back to where it all started in those days in Smoky Mountain. Yeah, I think that'd be Jericho. really cool. Yeah, it was uh, the, free, the thrill seekers in ECW, but clearly that's not going to happen. Um, I can't really think who's like free on the market at the minute. Maybe Sid? Is he free from the Fed yet? That would definitely make no sense. So I, I'm as puzzled as to who is going to be the mystery partner for Storm as you are, Chris. See, I'm looking at it. I'm sort of trying to find because I, I think this one might be not someone who's new and in, but someone who hasn't got a match. And I'm looking at maybe a Jerry Lynn. Or even Al Snow, maybe, you know, these guys aren't on the card so far. Could be the type of person that Lance could want to team with. Uh, yeah, that was uh, certainly uh, be uh, good for either Lynn or Snow. Definitely give them the rub to be able to work with the triple threat. Maybe you even decide to go down the route of uh, one of the House of Hardcore students. And then, obviously, the main event and the big one, Bam Bam versus Taz. This has got brawl and stiffness writ all over it, and I'm expecting the the visuals of Bam Bam getting Taz-plexed around to look very impressive. Yeah, I I, I can't wait to see it myself, to be perfectly honest. Um... I like you say it's going to be very stiff. They are going to throw suplexes. There's going to have to be something like really big to uh, top this all off. And I cannot pick a winner out of it. I just do not know what direction uh, the crazy mad scientist Paulie is deciding to go in with this uh, with the finish to this uh, big main event. Yeah, it's it's one of those of. I sort of think that you could let Taz lose, let the triple threat have all the belts for a bit, and then just build Taz coming back and, you know, maybe having to work his way through 
to get back to getting Bam Bam and then getting that title and that being that sort of big redemption of, you know, Taz fought his way back. Because that would be a great way of doing it. But at the same time, you could quite easily legitimately see Taz beating Bam Bam and then just then being seen as the absolute monster killer that, you know, Taz is. Yeah, well, whatever finish you do, you'll certainly... you still got to go to uh, what will possibly happen in the summer, which will be Shane Douglas and Taz in the world title. Do you want to have Taz still holding the TV title? And he unifies the both belts? Because, obviously, this is just my opinion. I think uh, everything is building towards Taz becoming the world heavyweight champion of that promotion. Yeah, he definitely is one of the few people that you could see that would make the title belt actually sort of seem to mean something because obviously that's the one thing that we've said on here for a very long time is that the world title in ECW isn't really sort of seen as, as the big goal or even the sort of main goal for the majority of the roster. I think if if you give it to someone like a Taz it definitely sort of makes the belt a lot more important and sort of more of a prize that you're trying to go for more than it just being a prop to be on Shane's waist and or get bounced around for the likes of Sandman and Sabu. Yeah. So, was there anything else you wanted for... Uh, no, no, uh, just, I just basically agree with, the, with your point. Wonderful. So, that will draw to a close this month's show. I would like to thank you, Billy, for coming on and, uh, going through the wonderful world of ECW with us this month. Uh, do no, thank you, you again. Do you have anything that you would like to pimp or share your wares? Uh, yeah, I suppose I, I could pimp um, uh, myself and some friends have uh, started last year a uh, British Wrestling Review website. Uh, go and give it a follow on Twitter at Brit Rest Review uh, if you like British wrestling. So, uh, if you want, if you want to follow me, you're more than welcome to. It's uh, at Billy underscore J eighty three. That's awesome, and you know the British scene. In, in real times is obviously booming with the likes of Pro Wrestling Eve sort of looking at doing their biggest show ever and I think it's like the, the biggest all women show in Europe as well so that's going to be awesome this year you've got Progress yeah, doing uh, Wembley uh, you know it's it's on the up and up yeah, and we've got Fight Club Pro running the NEC so yes definitely on the up and up just don't go to WAW. Uh, uh, so, no, stay well away from the Knights promotion. <laughs> so, and obviously, if you enjoy my musings, you can hear more of me on Super Brawls, where we have done and gone past Battle Bowl ninety three. We we have we have taken down our white whale, and uh, that has been done. Um, and also, if you like music, you can hear Show and Tell with Tunes, where 
we've recently had Rory from this very parish as a guest host, um, going through his 10 songs from 1993, which was a real awesome show. Um, obviously both of those can be found on the uh, iTunes search show and tell the tunes and super brawls respectively. As I said earlier on, there are three volumes for you this month. Volume one is super brawl in WCW. Volume two is WWF's no way out of Texas. And obviously if you want more, from your wrestling 20 years ago you can go to wrestling20yrs.com for all your written reviews go to at wrestling20yrs on twitter to just see the random stuff that bob likes to pop up there and obviously search wrestling 20 years ago on facebook too and as always if you have enjoyed what you've heard and you know it's pay weekend and you're feeling a little bit generous pop a fiver onto the Patreon, you know, normally there is some shows that get recorded early in the month. You do get early access to all of those when they are done. Some months you don't get them because we don't get to record them in time. But, you know, majority of the time, this, the ECW show, normally the first one recorded and that normally goes up fairly quickly. Obviously that can be done at patreon.com forward slash wrestling 20 years ago. And all that is left to say is thank you very much for listening and we will see you next month for more.